Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hello and welcome to a very special, super two-part crossover episode of the Wistful Thinking Podcast. I'm Kara Gail O'Regan. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jordan Poland-Clark. Hi! And today we have Brian Rodriguez of the High School Slumber Party podcast uh, with us again to talk about the 1978 musical Grease. Yes, Grease. Thank you guys for having me on this part one of this part two. I love crossovers. I feel like, I don't know, when I was a kid they used to do a lot more crossovers, like on TGIF. I remember like... They did do that. Yeah, like Michelle, like Mr. Cooper was like Michelle's substitute teacher and then step by step and like all these shows got together and they were never really good but we're going to change that today because it's going to be a great crossover i think so this is our first first crossover i mean officially officially yeah because we've had plenty brian's been on the podcast before we've had plenty of other cage club hosts on the podcast so technically we've had crossovers before but never this sort of synchronized two podcast feed crossover yeah it might be the first on the network i think mm, maybe could be who knows but the first let's, say it is. let's yeah. just like pat ourselves on the back and say that it is the first it is We're, groundbreaking yeah, we are groundbreakers here uh, so part two will be out tomorrow on Brian's podcast. So uh, be sure to subscribe to High School Slumber Party wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, or go check out all of the great podcasts on the Cage Club Podcast Network at cageclub.me. You guys. Getting that plug in early. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, yep. Because that, that's how crossovers work. It was always like the network mm-hmm. pushing like the other show on the <laughs> network to be no one pushed us to do this we're doing this for fun i want to be clear but it it was always like that like oh okay you you know upn nine stars moesha's meeting ll cool j today like stuff like that <laughs> so yeah so that's why we're plugging right because this is a network thing but it's more importantly a thing about an awesome well I'm, we'll see if we want to call it an awesome film but whew. I mean, we have a lot to add. <laughs> that we do. Uh, for any listeners who maybe, for some reason, haven't seen Grease. Uh, the... No, can I, can I? Okay, if you mm-hmm. think you've seen Grease, but you haven't watched it <laughs> since you were, you know, 10, yeah. go watch it again. Definitely go watch it again. Because... <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's gonna be a little different than you remember. <laughs> yep. Uh, but if you haven't, if you're if you're not familiar with the story in it, there is a uh, you know, prototypical good girl named Sandy and a greaser named Danny who fall in love over the summer, um, and she's from Australia and she's just like in the United States for the summer and then she thinks she's going back to Australia and they're like oh I guess we'll never see each other again and then it turns out her dad gets transferred to the United States and so she's living here now first day of school they're talking about how they met these amazing people over the summer and you know those summer nights oof uh but uh then they discover they're actually in the same high school and you know um things ensue from there <laughs> that they do i mean 
are we on first i got questions about this right like uh-huh. did he not mention the high school he went to the that always summer? makes me really mad too <laughs> because obviously they were like on his home turf mm-hmm. and like so maybe they, maybe they weren't because like she she must know where he's from and that she, she would moved think that they to would the have same place. <laughs> and she can't. She can't be that shocked when he see, she sees him there. Right. Know? I also have a problem with that part. <laughs> I mean, th- like, if they were in Hawaii or something, or like met on a cruise ship over the summer, mm-hmm. a little bit more shocking. But it just seemed like he went to the beach. Like where yeah. he's from, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, because his friends ask him, like, Danny, how's the beach? Well, uh, <laughs> and we'll get to the part about, like, everyone in this movie sounding like they're from New Jersey, even though it's supposed <laughs> to take place in California. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, so it seems like other people were not at the beach, so it's maybe... True he, yeah, because they, they all act as if they've not seen each other all summer. Right. So maybe it was a beach that was a little bit far away. And, you know, all of that holding hands in the arcade and strolling and drinking lemonade and, you know, bowling and things like they, it just never came up where he's from. <laughs> I mean, yeah. don't you think one, uh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> we can't, we can't dive into this forever because I don't think there's no real explanation for this. It's just like, no, there's definitely not. <laughs> and if, and if, and people are not for wi- aware that Grease is a musical. I just want to make it clear that this is a musical. And sometimes musicals do this, right? Like, mm-hmm. they just find reasons to get to the next song. That's my number yep. one pet peeve about musicals. I actually don't think this one does it that badly. No, no, no. Yeah, it's not that bad. For sure. So I, I talked about this a little bit when we did Little Women, um, this thing that I call an emotional speedball, where you have two like vastly contrasting emotions at the same time and just get kind of like overwhelmed by it with little women it's because it's like so beautiful and full of so much joy and so much sadness the watching Greece for for me this time it was this weird emotional speedball speedball of like nostalgia and excitement and like loving these songs so much and then the abject horror at, like what the actual content of these songs this is like is. the epitome of like what we thought of when we've made this podcast yeah that's that is a good point you're right yeah this is like the most I just, blazing I didn't, example i of didn't it. see yeah. this one coming i really didn't and i warned you because i had watched the grease live that they did on nbc or whatever a few years ago and i i realize like oh this is a lot more adult than i thought but it did was. they not clean that up some i don't know it just like did they say pussy wagon live on nbc <laughs> i can't remember because but they remember... say that in this movie oh yeah the, among other things yes um and this was originally rated pg can you wow. believe that wow. i don't understand how that happened that's it's because the rating system line. didn't wasn't anything then <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't well, even... yeah it, it, but it's only a single line in the imdb trivia i wish somebody would have fleshed that out and explained how this all happened but um... i also i i dumbly didn't realize that this was like a real stage musical before it was a movie because mm-hmm. i just never thought about it or looked it up before because i didn't care yeah um but then i, was like, I thought oh, that the musical oh. came from the movie 
come at it. Oh, yes. Yeah, it totally makes sense that it would be the other way around. But I, when I briefly read about it before we started recording, um, the thing that I read said that the original musical, like the very first one, which was staged in Chicago in like the early 70s, mm-hmm. was like way more vulgar. Yeah. Um, which actually like makes sense and now makes this this movie version of it seemed kind of strange. Like, I almost want to see the really cleaned up version or I want to see the really vulgar version, but Mm -hmm. I don't really want this, like, weird in-between. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, what's horrifying is that, like, this is another thing that I did in theater as a child. Like, (laughs) and was, like, on stage singing these songs and, like, watching this again now as an adult with the captions on i was like what the actual fuck like did we say these words no they no they change at least part of it for kids to do so. it they do my I hope so. my friend who i saw i saw this at a drive-in oh yeah how was that it, it was excellent we nice. saw a shooting star at the <gasps> drive-in um, this was the second movie it was a triple feature uh, first movie was the sandlot and then, which is also a great movie, uh, and then Grease, and then Jaws, which we didn't we didn't oh. stay for Jaws. It was what? midnight. Wow. It was midnight. Oh, that's change, understandable. Change. Um, but yeah, it was so a super fun way to watch it. Uh, but my friend that I saw it was said that she also did this in high school, and like it was partially altered. Like they mm-hmm. weren't allowed to say knocked up. When Rizzo thinks she's knocked <laughs> up, there was like, like some of it got changed and it didn't make sense, and some of it got left the way it was. I guess was pussy wagons. <laughs> she didn't say. Oh wow! Yeah. Do you think <sighs> is that where is that where pussy wagon is from in I Kill don't Bill? Think so. No, I feel <laughs> like, like that's is like it a grease reference. Term. There are a lot of like uh, <laughs> okay. terms in here that I'm like, oh wow, I wonder if that was the origin of that fucked up slang you know because there's like a lot of them yeah well so the weird thing about this movie is that it was made in the 70s but it takes place in the 50s and i so i think a lot of the slang actually like was slang in the 50s i don't Mm. know about pussy wagon but (laughs) um like other things it's interesting right like this was part of like that whole movement in the 70s Mm -hmm. to like really nostalgize if that's a word the 50s mm-hmm. uh, isn't it funny how like certain decades have moments i think every decade has moments 20 years after it happens because right now we're like reminiscing about the 90s yeah, we're right we're doing the 90s which now. i but never because, would have thought ha- ha- would have happened but that's because our the generation from the 90s is in charge of making that stuff now and in the 90s we were reminiscing about the 70s and and, that's and true. interestingly Something about singing in the rain. Hang on. It's in my notes somewhere. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Uh, before Greece, like, so Greece was actually, like, the first big um, period musical on Broadway and in Hollywood since Singing in the Rain, which was made in 1952, which is a movie made in the 50s about the 20s. 
Um, and then there was something else called On Moonlit Bay in 1951, which was filmed in the 50s and about uh, the turn of the century. And then In the Good Old Summertime, made in 1949, which was filmed in the 40s, but also about the turn of the century. So there's this like legacy of musicals about these like time frames before them. That's interesting. Isn't it, isn't it always like weird that way? Like, well, we see we see this in like not just film, but like art from the beginning of time when mm-hmm. when they discover certain pieces and they think it's from one era and then they realize it's just nostalgia from another era, right? Which is always yeah. interesting. But it's funny because looking back, there was a '70s revival, as you mentioned, but there was also a '50s re- revival because in like a weird Twilight Zone way, when we were reviving the '70s, we were reviving the '70s, reviving the '50s. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like Happy Days was on Nick at Night when we were kids, which is like exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, which is like like yeah, it's so it's so weird. And then maybe that's because that's why for us this feels like kind of a uh, a childhood thing because of that revival because this mm-hmm. is not something that should be intended for children. No. <laughs> Definitely not. (laughs) But in 1977, uh, Randall Kleiser, I think he was the director. He was somehow involved in this movie. He called uh, somebody uh, who was at the time the head of Paramount and insisted that the film had to come back again uh, for its 20th. Oh, sorry. Not. Did I say 1997 or 1977? Because I meant to say 1997. It was 1997 because that's the first time I saw this. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. all my friends had like... Okay, because in 1997, I was 11. And so that was, like, a big time in my life where I had, like, a lot of girlfriends. There was a whole group of us. We had a we had an acronym. Like, it was a whole thing. Oh. Um, it was also Spice Girls times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was that time. What was the um, acronym? What was the acronym? We were called Jack Trap. It was, it oh spelled out just, like, the first letter of all of our names. That's so cool. Wow. <laughs> um, and then, and then, I don't. I think this is the same group of people. We were also called Pat Cage. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> why is it? Why is there these things that trap you? And then the and then the cute boys were were mad. M A D D. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So interesting. At this time, and this like this was a group of friends I had from the from like fourth grade to like sixth grade, and then it all fell apart. Right, as um, it always does. Yeah, but it was like the good times, and. It was, like, such a big deal to go see this movie in the movie theaters. Like, a lot of them had seen it before and, like, loved it and, like, knew all the songs. My friend had a karaoke machine, and we would sing all the songs on the karaoke machine. And, you know, like, someone had to do the man part. Someone had to do the lady part. Uh, It was a whole thing. And then we went to see it in the theater. I totally forgot that. Oh, wow. What a special experience. Well, before this guy called the other guy um, to say that it should come back again for the 20th 20th anniversary, the week before that, George Lucas had also called them to say that out of all of the movies in the Paramount Vault, this was the one that should come back because he explained that every nine-year-old he knew watched a VHS copy of this film every single day. Why were parents on board with that? I don't know, but I remember watching this a lot as a kid. I had it on VHS. I had the soundtrack. Man, I love the soundtrack. To this. Were they so just good. not listening to the lyrics of the songs or something? Yeah, probably not. I don't think people really 
do most of the time. And honestly, I think if I was watching it without the captions on, I would have just been like, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Like not really paying attention to the lyrics. So is that, and had you regularly seen it since, or obviously there was some kind of gap? I mean, I've definitely seen it a bunch of times since I was a kid. How about you, Jordan? I don't think I've seen it since the movie theater in 1997. Wow, 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 wow. I was in a production where we, like, only did the songs. (laughs) Like, we cut, like, (laughs) they cut out all of the dramatic parts and just had us sing the songs. And I don't even think, like, all of the songs. It was a thing that we performed like at a nursing home i think so it was like a abridged extremely abridged version of greece and i think i was like in seventh grade when that happened how weird would have been just for the the nursing home crowd because like they lived it and then they're watching children play it out (laughs) they didn't live it well in the not what i mean they were alive for all they were alive but if they were, whatever. I'm trying I'm to do the math. Never I don't mind. know. Bad at yeah. math. <laughs> what year do you think it was, Kara? So it was probably like around, I don't know. How old are you in seventh grade? 12? Yeah. Yeah, 12. 12. So yeah, it would have been like a couple years, a year or two after the 20th anniversary. So if you were old <laughs> in 1999... <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think that. Well, they well, at least live the movie. They definitely live through that time period. You are right yeah. about that. I think they might have been grown-ups in the fifties, though. That's math. I just don't want to do. I could. Yeah, it's not you know even what? This is a math All of us podcast, are just like doing a bad job. What are we doing? No, let's let's leave the math behind us. Um, and then I've seen it like a bunch of times on TV. Um, one time in college, like the semester after Jordan graduated and I was living with another one of my friends, I came home from work one night and she was extremely stoned watching Grease, but watching it like a four-year-old will like watch something where they like stand right in front of the TV and kind of like dance along with it. And that's exactly what she was doing. She was like singing and dancing. Um, And then I watched it with her. And then I think the time after that that I saw this material again would have been when it, they did Grease Live on TV. And I was like, wow, this is a lot rapier than I remember. <laughs> it's um, so rapey. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that, though. Okay. Let's talk about the good things first. Okay. Um, John what, Travolta's dancing. John, everybody's dancing is great. No, but this. his is the best. <laughs> I think his is the best. Okay. But I also think he's like a cartoon in this movie and everyone else is like trying to be like a real person and he's like yeah. still acting like he's on stage in like a giant theater and he's trying to play to the very back of the room. Yeah, that and that's interesting because he was in like the touring production of the... Yeah, everyone else play. knows they're in a movie and he thinks he's still <laughs> on stage. That, that honestly, like, so my history with the movie is I saw it as a kid and... I really wasn't into it. Then I saw it in high school again, and I hated it. (laughs) I hated it because, and we can go in a little bit more on the high school side of things, but I just, I was really upset with the conformity at the end, but. Yeah. Yeah. 
honestly, this time I, I was able to make a little bit more sense of it. But the one thing I re remember being really upset with, even as a kid and seeing it now, and I know we're talking, supposed to talk about the good, but it's related to what you said. It was John Travolta. Like, I even I saw that and I'm like, this guy's just trying to be a star so bad. He wants mm -hmm. everyone on screen to look at him. And he's not like, he's not a team player in this cast here. No, no. and he even stole Greased Lightning from uh, the guy that played Kanicki. Jeff Conway. Like, that's a Kanicki yeah, song. But yeah. he was a star in 1978. Yeah. Like, it was the same time as, like, Saturday Night Fever. Like, mm -hmm. the world was not arguing with him about yeah. it. Yeah, and he was also on Welcome Back, Cotter at the time. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like, a sitcom junkie. I love Welcome Back, Cotter, but I even more love Taxi, which Jeff Conway is from. Mm. And... Jeff Conway's story is so heartbreaking. Like he he got into yeah. he got into drugs, which I found out like he hurt his back on the grease lightning scene that was taken from him, and that's how he like spiraled into like drugs. He he su he was such a talented actor, and it's like again it all went downhill. And <laughs> and I just imagine like if he's doing different dance moves, like the leads dance moves there, maybe he doesn't injure his back. And I don't know. So, like, I, and again, like I said, I'm a big Jeff Conaway guy. I've always been, like, heartbroken by his story. So, like, I, I don't know. You can call me a Travolta hater, if you will. So, <laughs> But he's so handsome in this. But he also, yeah. It's, like, yeah, ridiculous. I mean, but, like, also in a cartoony way, almost. I mean, but, like, Sandy, Livy Newton-John, is, like, the most beautiful woman in the entire world. Like, these are beautiful she, people. Well, not everyone. She yeah. is an angel. My goodness. Mm -hmm. like, in this. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> to say. She is so beautiful. And her singing is so beautiful. Just, like, everything about her is absolutely perfect. Pretty, pretty yeah. people. Pretty people. Um, oh, you know who else is the best? Is Stockard yeah. Channing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. She's well, incredible just, in this. What a style icon, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her yeah. Like, five times. I was like, like I want that, that outfit. Wearing. Yeah. It's, and, like, what's really funny that I kind of realized watching it this time is that, like, Stockard Channing as Rizzo and, like, Sexy Sandy at the end of the movie, apparently, in my brain, is, like, 92% of the template for like what a sexy lady is <laughs> like, you know like as a kid you have like these ideas about like what a sexy lady is and it's like definitely the two of them in this movie I mean they, they are very sexy ladies so I agree, I agree with that <laughs> but also I mean the the other pink ladies the fact that like all of them weren't fucking superstars after this is baffling to me because they're all so funny they really are and they all are really really like different from each other like yeah without without being cartoony about it you know mm -hmm. they're not like the spice girls where they're like i have my one thing <laughs> well they do a little bit um, yeah but it's a little more nuanced and yeah. the and the principal and whoever that other lady is too are incredible. So underrated yes. those two. Like I did not I, even they are, remember. I want to see. I want to see that movie. Yes, just an all-female reboot of Grease, <laughs> with only the women's parts. <laughs> with only the pink ladies and the principal and whoever that other woman was. And the lady in the auto shop, who I forget what her name is, but she was on Designing Women in the later years. Oh, you're right. 
she played a character named Bernice who like maybe had dementia, but she was like so fine. I didn't realize that was the same person. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Um so like as we we've touched on like the it, there are some like really inappropriate things about this movie, but it does a lot of I think really interesting things for the female characters we have a lady principal um and like frenchie her her career pursuit like when frankie avalon is telling to her to wipe off the angel face and go back to high school he's telling her that because she sucks at it and not because like she should just go be somebody's wife like he's telling her to make something of herself for real yeah, kind of. I mean, he's kind of just like you suck at everything. <laughs> Fuck off. But yeah. but like no at no point does somebody say to her like what are you doing? Like you should be preparing to be a housewife or whatever. And I think that's pretty cool. I know when it was uh the musical came out or at least the film. I don't know if the song was even in the musical because I know there's like certain songs that are different. But um I know that was the most controversial song for people. Uh Beauty School Dropout. Yeah, like people. It is one of my top three moments in the movie. Oh, Kara, do you know what's so funny? I don't like that song. I think it's my least favorite one besides We Go Together. And I knew that you were going to love it. I was like, <laughs> why? I, I Tell me why you thought that. The Their outfits and yeah. the way that yep, they're dancing big... in it. I was just like, yep, I know Kara is like all over this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. 100% true. Uh, yeah. I sang that a lot to myself when I was dropping out of art school. Oh, <laughs> made me feel better about it. Um, yeah. What are some of the other things that you guys enjoyed in this movie? Mm. <laughs> I was different. I mean, yeah. I... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I like some of the songs. Yeah, um, which ones? I I had forgotten about the song, um, the one that Rizzo sings. Oh, the, there are worse um, things I could do. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's my favorite song, but I had completely forgotten about it. Yeah. So I was excited about that. And I really actually love the moment before that where, like, everyone's, like, shitting on her because yeah. they're, like, you know, calling her slutty and stuff and talking about her, like, right in front of her, too, like, not even behind her back. So she's like, I know what people are saying about me. And Sandy goes up to her and is just like, do you need anything? Like, it's yeah, a, really, a really, really nice, nice like, woman-to-woman moment where, mm-hmm. like... They're just, like, legit trying to take care of each other, and it was really nice. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. Yeah, that's But that just, like, made me angry, because, like, so many (laughs) times during this movie, like, I was just like, Sandy is an angel, and Danny Zuko is trash. Oh, he doesn't deserve her. Of course not. No way. I just, like, was so angry, because she's so great, and he's the worst. Is is there anyone in the film you feel like deserves Sandy? Lorenzo Lamas, maybe. (laughs) He seems fine. How about about that guy, Eugene? I think his name is Eugene. Sure, why not? I mean, like, (laughs) I'm trying to think there's not many. The guys we see in this film aren't, like... The, yeah, the you know people. what? The women, the women are like better fleshed out than the men are actually. Oh yeah. Well, sure. I 
that's like something else that I actually really like about this is that it's a real like send up of toxic masculinity. Like it makes a joke, like it, you know, like just kind of like parades around what a like farce these traditional gender roles are and like really kind of goes to town. Gives into them at the end. See, I thought that too, but then I was reading the trivia. Mm, I know where you're going, Kara. Oh, where? Brian, why don't you finish that thought? Because I don't know where that note is. <laughs> no, okay. So, so this is going back to what I said. I, when I saw this in high school, I thought, wow, this is like this conformity at the end. This really, really bothers me. But just like certain things get lost in time, right? Just like Star mm-hmm. Wars was originally like campy and like a space opera, but then it got so good that like, you know. It's like kind of beyond that, or a lot of other things are intended one way than than what they end up being because of how big they get. This certainly is a victim of that because somewhere in the trivia it kind of mentions how Greece. Well, Greece is a play. Well, yes, it's a play, but it's a play on on the the play Hair. Um, right. Like the title, and it's supposed to be a parody, and it's supposed to m- sort of mock the traditional, somewhat like the Sandra D song, the traditional uh, love stories of the time. And I, I believe um, in the trivia, it says something along the lines of, they decided to do that switch because there are so many films where the the guy conforms to what the, you know, the like getting off drugs or not being a bad guy anymore. And you see... Uh, Cleaning up his act. And you see him in his varsity jacket or his varsity letterman sweater. sweater yeah the sweater which is pretty cool i, w- I would wear that but <laughs> uh, yeah damn i wish I, I had a sweater instead of a jacket anyway um and then it does this switch and it's supposed to be like that kind of reversal of the trope that happens and like when you see it in that lens that this is supposed to kind of be like parody and like trying to reverse things it was like, I'm not saying it was great, and it's still very problematic, but it, it kind of helped me get through that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it really changed kind of how I thought about the ending, because I was like, Sandy's not being herself, she just needs to be herself, but like, maybe, maybe this is the real Sandy. Yeah, but then they should have made him better. like so that it would be like easy to be on board with it but like or that like she and Rizzo would be like let's ditch these guys and then they get into the car and ride off yeah like I don't care if she wants to turn into a bad girl or whatever like that's cool maybe that is who she really is but don't do it for him after he was awful like so many times but also I also kept saying that um, to my friends last night and they were like yeah but he's 17 year old boy and I was like oh yeah, yeah. which is hard to remember when you're that's watching true. this because they're all like 35 <laughs> yeah that's also true oh, yeah. but if you think about how 17 year olds would act sure yeah yeah I think sure. that's redeemed though by like that you know they're all like are with their respective partners and they kind of mention like we're still gonna be friends right and all that kind of stuff and I think it's implied that like yeah this is probably gonna last like 20 minutes mm-hmm. you know when when they have another summer between them i got a sense that like well, on this watch that like we're supposed to understand that like this is a fleeting moment and despite her conformity or or the, whatever everything ends up that it's probably 
not going to last. Maybe I'm a cynic, yeah. but like that's that little conversation they had that uh, like triggered that in me. Yeah, and also I mean they are teenagers, and like things seem like they're going to be forever, and it's like obviously not, which I'm sure we'll get into on your half of the show. But did you read this? That in the decades following the film's release, a theory circulated that Sandy had actually drowned at the beach, and the rest of the film is actually a near-death hallucination. <laughs> What? And th- theorists claim that the famous flyaway ending scene is Sandy's ascent into <laughs> I that part was love weird. That. Why yeah. did they fly away? I mean, there's a lot of really, really weird parts of this movie, like the whole animated opening and stuff. But I don't know. Who cares? I like it a lot more if I put it <laughs> in that lens. I mean, look, I mean any musical you have to suspend a lot of disbelief right like in terms of them just turning around and singing these kind of songs and then just going back to normal Um, but yeah no that i did think that car thing was a little bit a little bit but also i mean if if you are looking at this as a parody of a lot of the films uh from the era that this is supposed to be set in so many of them end with people literally riding off into the sunset you know so it if this is a parody then that i guess is also no that's true and and they they say like the beginning is supposed to literally copy that film from here to eternity which i haven't Mm -hmm. seen but i'll pretend i saw um yeah (laughs) so uh, yeah no i guess you're right because when you see it in that prism then it's then it makes a lot more sense. But growing up, no one said, oh, this is supposed to be like a riff <laughs> on this, the films of that era. People were just like, watch yeah. Grease, it's fun. Oh, well, my mom was always like, none of these costumes are accurate. Like, this is apparently where it comes from. Uh, because, like, she had gone to high school in the 60s, and she was like, we wore this stuff in the 60s. Like, that's not from the 70s. And so there's, like, so much, like, weird anachronistic stuff in here that you just you just have to let you have to roll with it. But one word for you there is disco. I mean, do you see the disco influence yeah. in this film? Even with oh the dancing, goodness. it's yeah. like so much. <laughs> That's why again, it's like, really it's a movie about the fifties, but it's definitely a seventies movie, and it's like a hodgepodge sure. of both decades, and it's kind of like you know, yeah, that that the I, disco element is just it's it's kind of jarring at times. I love it, uh, <laughs> um, especially the the costumes that the guys have in the Grease like, Lightning like fantasy sequence because they're they're like auto shop jumpsuits transformed from these like ugly brown ones to these like shiny silver ones. <laughs> it's so good. I think that's maybe my favorite dance scene. Yeah. Okay. It's a good one. It's a really good one. That's one that I definitely on stage sang as a child hip thrusts and everything (laughs) i can't believe they let us do that yeah no (laughs) Uh, i have a question Mm -hmm. do john travolta and olivia newton john have any chemistry i mean i don't think so (laughs) no i don't either that's why i'm asking i feel like uh, John Travolta has only has chemistry with his ego, you know. With so himself. Yeah. yeah, so it's hard for them to really have any kind of chemistry like that. It could be explained away by like the character he's trying to play, but that's not really true, you know. Like, ugh. yeah. 
Well, uh, apparently, yeah. like, um, Olivia Newton-John had been, had, like, was already a star as a recording artist and didn't think that she could act, so she was, like, hesitant to uh, take the movie. And so she requested to do a screen test with him before she signed on to the movie. And the scene that they did was the one where he tries to rape her at the drive thru oh. oh, so uncomfortable. And then she saw it and was like, yep, that seems great. Oh, Let's Jesus. go for it. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. There's a couple times he gets a little bit uh, yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, but I just found that a bizarre response. Like, if you think you can't act and you're not sure if you're going to have chemistry with this person, like, why that scene? <laughs> Which is, it also kind of blew my mind watching it this time because the song that he sings <gasps> immediately following that is so good and it shot so beautifully. And I was like, oh no, like this is another one of my favorite moments in the movie and it happens immediately after he's tried to rape Sam. And he tries to rape her and then is like singing and whining that she left. Like, no, I don't care. I don't want to hear you (laughs) sing this. Uh, Yeah, no, incredibly awkward, incredibly problematic. Um, It's really hard for me to defend that at all but it seems like every movie made in this era happens to have a scene like that that's just like commonplace so Mm. i wasn't alive in the 70s obviously or the 50s so i don't know if that was just a thing that happened well i have some bad news for you brian i don't know if you know this but like just about every movie ever made has a scene like that oh you're right you're right and it's just like and once you start seeing it, you can't stop seeing it, and it's really annoying. Oof. And I wish that you could just, like, watch a cut of the movie where it doesn't have the scene where the guy tries to rape the woman. <laughs> like, that would be cool. So I might just, like, recut a bunch of movies and just cut that part out. It's so weird, though, because, like, I, f- I mean, you guys feel free to disagree, but, like, it didn't seem necessary in this film. Oh, it's never no, necessary. No, it, that's, that's why it's so upsetting. It's never necessary. Uh, no, I know, but like, it just, uh, again, in a musical where the music does not really take you out of it, it, it feels like it's a part of that world. This felt like, it didn't even feel like Danny, because Danny to me, like, I thought he was going to, like, he was kind of putting on that he was a tough guy, mm-hmm. but he was really, like, a sweetheart, but, like, that proves to not be true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I can't even, like, sympathize with him in that song right after because it's like, wait a minute, buddy. Like, no. Yeah. (sighs) That's my reaction. Yeah, I mean, that's an appropriate one because it's just, it's so frustrating to like, it's like just fucking everything we watch has it. (laughs) It's really annoying. And, And Carrie, you said you saw the live one. I saw the one on TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did it also include this moment? Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> I may not have watched it through to that point. Gotcha. I don't know if I watched the whole thing. I definitely watched the beginning. Can't tell you if I like, Who was it in it? Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen played Frenchie. And I can't tell you anyone else because I don't know. I don't know who was in it. I think maybe Vanessa Hudgens. I don't even know who she is, but I know the name. I thought she was Frenchie. No, no, she was uh, Rizzo. 
She was Rizzo, she was Rizzo maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking it up earlier. No, because yeah. what's funny to me, and I'll, I'll mention it later on High School Slumber Party, of course, but she's from High School Musical. So, like, I feel like Grease oh, right, is, right, right. you know, definitely like yeah. a precursor to High School Musical. Oh, you know who played Sandy? It was, oh, I don't know her name, uh, but she did wear blackface on Halloween a few years what? ago and it was the whole thing. <laughs> what? And then she got cast in this, and I was like, how is this woman still working? Um, yeah, no, she dressed up, up as um, Uzo Aduba's character from uh, Orange is the New Black and did blackface. Oh, that person, yeah. And then posted it on Instagram oh, on Oh, the dancer. Is she a dancer? I yeah, don't know. Julianne. I don't know how you say her last name. Oh, Huff? Huff? Huff. Yeah, she's like the okay. sister of of Derek Huff, who oh, is like, he's dancing with the stars, aren't they? Oh, aren't they okay. related? Yeah, so yeah. So she was a dancer first. Gotcha. Wow. That's, <laughs> Jesus. Good, good yeah. casting. I only know that because my mom loves Derek. <laughs> That's really funny. Which one is he? He's the blonde one. Doesn't. Who's an excellent dancer? <laughs> star. Right. Dancing with the stars. So, so some guy named Aaron Tivit Tivit played. I don't ever even heard of him. Played uh, Danny, and he is from. He's a Broadway guy, but he's on the show Gossip Girl. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't really know who he is. But you're right, Carly Rae Jepsen was Frenchie, and no one else I really know. Oh, Dee Dee Khan. Who was Frenchie in the original? Is oh yeah, she's so good. She is a do you know what else she was from? That it was like making me crazy the whole time. Then I finally googled her after. She was on Thomas the Tank Engine. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's interesting. She was like one of the main human characters on Thomas, or which is called Shining Time Station, I think. Yeah. What? That's an interesting. I'm surprised. Like I was like I knew that I knew her from something else. Was she with Ringo or George Carlin? That's a crazy show. Not to d- dive into that. We should but... watch that show. I'm, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I mean uh, maybe. <laughs> because you you have a either a Beatle leading it, right, or George Carlin, like the dirtiest Which comu- is insane. comedian ever. Both yeah. of those things are insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like Ringo makes a lot more sense. Yeah, like fantasy world, British, and like Thomas is British, I think, or you know. <laughs> but uh, George Carlin, that's a little, that's that's a tough set. I mean, I love George Carlin, but like just to like, I don't know. I know it's not live, but I would I'd be curious how he was on set, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, away from Thomas, back to the grease. Well, speaking of Frenchie, her pink hair is amazing. Why does everyone Ooh, freak out? Why does she? So why does she put a scarf over it? It's really good. I know. I love her pink hair. Because it was the fifties. You can have pink hair in the fifties. Yeah, I guess so. They're pink but, ladies. Yeah, and something that I actually really another thing that I really like about this movie is that it like as- associates the color pink with toughness instead of like demure femininity. You know, like, even when, um, like, the pink ladies first meet Sandy, Rizzo says, she looks too pure to be pink. Yeah. I love that line. And I'm into that. Yeah, that was cool. Very into that. Which um, pink lady would everyone be? 
Good question. I have thought about this a lot. Brian, do you have a pink lady that you would be? Oh, this is tough. This is tough. <laughs> I don't want to take your pink ladies. I'll go, I'll, I'll go last. Because what if we all say the same one? Uh, I, that, that's my fear. <laughs> that's really my fear. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that much like the Spice Girls, I am no one pink oh, lady. Oh, that's cheating. I am... I contain multitudes, you know? What if, which one are you the most, though? Mm. Nobody is just one thing. Probably, like, the goofy one that does the brush a brush a brush <laughs> Yeah, no, I know that that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Who's always eating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I think I'm more like a Marty. Marty was okay. like, uh, if you do you guys remember who Marty was? Of course. Okay. Of course we remember okay, who just, Marty is. I'm just saying. Though I wish I could be a Rizzo. Yeah. We all wish we could be. I think I am solidly sometimes a Rizzo. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, like, I, you know, my best self is not a Rizzo. Wait. Yeah. So, like, my worst <laughs> self is a Rizzo. <laughs> my best self is... Um, you know, the goofy one. I, could, I mean, I mean, like, the, uh, what's the other one? Who are we missing in this pink lady? Well, tango? it's Frenchie. Frenchie. Yeah. Rizzo, Frenchie, Marty. Jan, I'm reading as one. Jan, pink lady. Yeah, she's the she's the goofy one. Oh, that's the goofy one. <laughs> I could just never remember her name. Her Wikipedia in on Wikipedia, it says. Jamie Jamie Donnelly as Jan, a quirky member of the Pink Ladies with a liking for Ripana toothpaste, as if that's the only thing she does in the movie. Right, that's her only. It happens like one time for one second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. She actually, her other thing is is actually upsetting. They like she's also supposed to be like the fat one. Oh, I forgot about that. How is that possible? It's it's not because she's not, and also if she was, who cares? Right. Yeah, that shouldn't be a one. But even still, like, is I hope they weren't thinking of that in this film version. You know, like that, like. And the way the way that we know that she's the fat one is that she's eating all the time, and they're always commenting on it, even though she's very skinny. So she yeah, why? she just is wearing like a slightly ill-fitting sweater. <laughs> it's true, and her hair is kind of bad. She's she, yeah. It's, oh, it's so stupid. She's not just the hungry one. I mean, that's that could be a thing that she likes to eat, <laughs> eat snacks. I like to eat. No, snacks. if she was hungry a spice. if she was a man, she would be the hungry one. Like Han and Fast and Furious is the hungry one. And that's <laughs> a cool eating. quirk. Yeah, I mean, like, just, <laughs> I that didn't strike. Like, I did not tie that until you, you like you mentioned it. Like that that's what she was supposed to be. That did not even cross my mind. Like, it, you know, it didn't. Well, because there's a hungry one of the, like, T-Birds, isn't there? One of them? Is there? No. Well, she he, pairs or up is he with just him. Italian? But... Is that what? Oh, the, is that the five o'clock shadow? <laughs> the Italian. Uh, the guy with the curly hair, I think. I don't think I don't he's know. They kind of all look the same. <laughs> they do all look the same. Like you said, like, the uh, the pink lady, there's so much more fleshed out than the T-Birds. Yeah. There's that random blonde one. Like, it just... I don't know. Like they're not they're not as interesting. 
Yeah, but they all sound like they're from New Jersey, which is hilarious. Like, so bad. That that really confused me. Um, it really <laughs> did. I mean, but then again, yeah. like, they, a lot of them do have, like, Italian-American last names, and I think they use some Italian-American slang. It just, yeah. it's not something, um, I'm going to go a little high school slumber party here, but a lot of, a lot of high school films are based in California. And there's definitely mm-hmm. a certain distinct California style to high school films, even with the way they talk. And that not, might not be accurate, but that's usually like, you know, how it goes on screen. And this definitely plays more like a East Coast New York movie in, in yeah. terms of not the beach stuff and, you know, and the palm trees and even the car racing. Whatever. They could be down the shore. You don't know. <laughs> with palm trees. <laughs> You'd be in Seaside Heights. Who cares? <laughs> But yeah, no, and the, the, like the accent work, geez, it's almost like, you know how they always put a British accent to sophisticate something up. I yeah. feel like they put like a Brooklyn or New Jersey or like Queens yeah. accent to downgrade something sophistication wise. Dumb it up. Yeah, no, right. it's true, and it's like why? Or not yeah. even, not necessarily that, but like as a class difference. Yeah. Ah, too. yeah. Um, and also like. I was thinking a lot about, like, the ethnic character of this movie. And then, like, as as I was uh, watching the um, the last big dance scene where everyone's dancing, my boyfriend was like, is this the whitest dance that's ever <laughs> happened in, in film history? Because it, it definitely looks like it. And then I was like, because I had been thinking about, um, like, how many characters have these like kind of Italian caricatures that like I'm like is this I I don't know it just seems so bizarre and like is it because like at that time like Italians weren't hadn't like fully assimilated whiteness yet or like whatever that like this is like a stand-in for like ethnic people you know what I mean I think it's a part of it honestly um yeah I being a Latin man, uh, I th- originally thought like Cha Cha might be like a big stereotype. Yeah. But then I looked it up, yeah. and she's supposed to be Italian. Yeah, she has an Italian last name. I noticed that this time around, and was like, oh, that seems weird. I think that actress was then like subsequently in a movie called Latina. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, but it was like. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely thought that she was Latina and then was like, oh. Do you think, like, because my mom went to high school in New Jersey in the 60s. -hmm. And she does always talk about how, like, you know, like, the Italians hung out with the Italians. Like, everyone was really separated. Yeah. And that's how it was when our parents were young. In right. New Jersey, anyway, I'm sure it's d- different in lots of places, but no. But I, I talk about um, this on my podcast a lot. Um, the reality is, like, I can't get too mad about the lack of diversity in the high schools sometimes because that really is or was sadly reality in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, and then like, and then they all were just kind of like fuck it, and they all started marrying each other, and now here we are, we're all mutts. Well, yeah, like, there's, uh, like, a family story. I don't know if this is, like, entirely how it played out, but, like, my maternal grandparents, like, my maternal grandmother was, like, excommunicated from her Italian family for marrying a guy who wasn't even, like, fully Irish. She was, like, half Irish and half Italian. 
<laughs> and it's like bonkers to me because I feel like everyone that we grew up with in northern New Jersey in the 90s was like like so many people like myself were Irish and Italian and it just seemed impossible to me that like that would be a problem you know <laughs> it's weird yeah it was it's everyone weird. was mixed by then but it's it's the yeah. story of america not to get too deep you know it's like, yeah. like people try to preserve their culture and then something happens when people start making babies you know it, it yeah. it's interesting like i'm you know i grew up in northern new jersey too mostly irish and italian pretty much every friend i know is part irish and italian not just like one right. or the other but, you know, I'm 100% Dominican, so I wasn't a part of that. But I have, like, I'll say I'm first generation and second generation. Like, my mother was born here, and my father was not. But I have 20-something cousins. And of those 20-something cousins, maybe three of their partners are also Dominicans. Um, it's just something that happens once you're third generation, you know, you just don't really care about right. that anymore. And it just, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but just to, to, to you guys point, like, I guess maybe we're just looking at the Italian slash Polish. Cause that seems like the other last names here. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Sandy's original last name was Dombrowski. Oh yeah. They changed her to Australian for Livy Newton John. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we're just looking at that po- segment of the population here, or maybe we're just overthinking this. <gasps> Wait, shh, sorry, dog bark. <laughs> He's angry about racism. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we're just thinking this uh, musical, overthinking this musical. But that's what we do here. Well, we're definitely overthinking this musical. <laughs> that's what this podcast is about. Yeah, exactly. Are we overthinking the thing? Yes. <laughs> oh man. Um. Just a few more things before we wrap up this end of the podcast. Segment um, one, guys. Segment one. There's a segment two. Segment one. Stay tuned f- tomorrow on High School Slumber Party, cageclub.me. Um, you said you hated We Go Together, or was it the one after that that you didn't like, Jordan? Wait, what's after that? Um, Isn't that the last song? Yes. No, I was thinking of You're the One That I Want. I always get those two confused. Oh, they do kind of sound similar, similar but um, yeah. We Go Together is way worse. It just, like, Why? is a dumb... It's just a dumb song that sounds like it was tacked on the end yeah. so that they could, like, bookend it or something. Yeah, but the choreography is kind of amazing. Um, what, <laughs> Extremely what white, do? but amazing. Oh, God, no, I hate oh, that. Oh, they do that, like, ridiculous penguin walk, <laughs> and they're all just... <laughs> I hate that. Okay. And they're I all like it. hugging together. I yeah, I don't I like, like that part. Just pure joy. I really like it a I lot. I hate pure joy, <laughs> clearly. I'm I'm loving this. No, I think I think part of my problem is like the tone. That it's just a tone problem where like to me yeah. that doesn't really go with this with everything else that I just watched. Yeah. So true. I have a hard time accepting it. It's not that I hate joy. I really like joy. <laughs> I've been watching Steven Universe every day, oh, and yeah. I love Joy. So oh, that makes me so happy. Um, when I was a guest on your Whistle Thinking Goes to a Party, you guys were like, "We're so similar. We're all the same." But listening to this, you guys clearly like different types of choreography, outfits. Yeah, but we're both. 
tones. <laughs> but we are both the same pink lady. <laughs> that is true. Right. So I day. also, I actually have this thing with like many of my friends who I feel similar to. Our tastes are wildly different. And we yeah. disagree on so, so, so many things. But then like, you know, we're the same pink lady. So we contain multitudes. Different flavors of the Snapple, right? Just, sure. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to talk about, which I am, uh, because I mixed up the songs, um, the... Oh, I have one more thing. Sorry. What? Do you want to... I can do mine first? Yeah. We didn't talk about how the man who hosts the dance-off show is a pedophile. Oh, yeah. What was that? (laughs) What was that? 100%. That was like, like, how was that okay in any version of this? I don't know, but I've blocked it out of my but head. But if you're going to do that, like, even, like, make it more icky, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it was only, like, a passing joke, and that's not cool. Yeah, that's, like, even worse. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's all bad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that this hasn't come up more on this show, that we haven't done more things where, like, a teenage girl is being hit on or is dating a pedophile. I can't think um, of anything else that it happens in except for sleepaway camp. Well, a lot of times it's a teacher and a student, so very relevant to Brian's podcast. Um, yep. It drives me crazy. Like, I had this really love-hate relationship with Pretty Little Liars. It's a very stupid show. Don't stop watch or don't start watching it, because then you can't stop. <laughs> and it just, the whole time you're like, why am I still watching wow. this? Um, but there was a hella problematic relationship between a student and a teacher the whole time and it especially drove me crazy because he was super hot and it was just like uh why this isn't fair like i want to like this person and yet here's this extremely terrible relationship between the two i'm sidetracked but yeah anyway yeah but that that guy like it wasn't even challenging to like him or not that host of like the bandstand thing yeah He's just slime ball. Slime ball, like just not like even like a. It was that was a weird sequence. That that was the one like forced sequence to me. A lot of times when you have a dance off in a film, like mm-hmm. it, it, it it feels like the most forced thing. But yeah, you know, unnecessary. Well, this makes sense if you think of this as a stage musical. Yeah. Mm, true. Because you got to have dancing. True, and I guess also like the parody aspect as well, because I feel like that this right. that was a common thing in like films of that era, like even like yeah. beach party films was a kind of. Uh, I talk about a mm-hmm. lot on my show as the precursor to like our modern high school films. There is always some kind of like competition that gets driven in to the sequence, just to, like show off a lot of times the teenage bodies, as gross as that is. Or just mm-hmm. like build a little bit of tension between characters, and you know, and sometimes it's unnecessary. So, so in that prism, it's not so bad. Yeah, I guess. And there's a few like explicit references to, um, at least, um, oh, what's her face? Annette, Annette yeah, Annette Funicello, who was in a lot of those beach party. Films. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they say her name at least once. Twice, actually. The guys say it once, and then the girls do it in uh, Sandra yeah. Day. Wow. 
So again, like again, like the, this is the first time I watched this film, understanding that they're trying to make references to earlier art mm-hmm. here. So again, different films. No, so. my mom had pointed those out, or I had asked about them and been like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> it's just this entire soundtrack is just like weird references to <laughs> all of these old things. See, I didn't have a parent who grew up even close to that era, and like mm. my mother's relatively young. She grew up in like the late 70s so she grew up like she was in high school when this movie came out so like that's more what she would relate it to like oh i remember seeing this movie i remember being away that summer and then missing this movie she says something along those lines you know and like wait until it came (laughs) out and then my father wasn't in this country at the time so like i it's a slice of americana that i personally can't relate to even in my family but it doesn't mean like oh it's like you know I don't want to see it for that. But I, none of this stuff was explained until the internet era of now, that, and I could look it up, you know? Right. Well, <laughs> even while we were uh, watching, like, the first animated sequence, I was like, there's a lot of stuff in here that definitely happened, like, after the 50s. <laughs> and, and I just was like, I guess people, like, no one was going to fact check it. No one had the internet to look that stuff up. <laughs> That's true. There... There was also a weird amount of product placement in that mm-hmm. animation. Mm-hmm. Was there product placement in the rest of the movie, or was it just there? Um, I I'm not sure. There was, um, in like the coffee shop scene, a bunch of Coca-Cola signs that they had to blur out because after they had finished, after they wrapped um, shooting, that one of the producers made a deal with Pepsi. And, it, like, they were either going to have to, like, go back and reshoot with Pepsi logos or just try and, like, blur it out and, like, hope it didn't make Pepsi too mad, which I think is really funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I read that, too, and I was like, that's interesting, because I didn't see too much Pepsi in here. I guess, you know, Pepsi was less cool back then. Yeah. Maybe a little less cool now, I don't really know. But I don't know. It's supposed. It's... Well, they've always been, like, the... Trying to play catch up to Coca-Cola, but it's the choice of a generation. Is I don't it? Know. That's apparently what they told me growing up. Oh yeah, generation next. <laughs> oh. Speaking of the Spice Girls. <laughs> a lot of Spice Girls today. Always, always. <laughs> um. Oh, the car race scene. We didn't talk about that. A uh, couple of interesting factoids about that. The scene near the bridge after the race was filmed in an area full of trash, and the water on the ground was stagnant and dangerous, and some cast members actually became ill from filming because it was the 70s and there was just poison everywhere. Nice. Very good. Environmental <laughs> regulations are important, folks. Yes, and, and taking care of your workers. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um... And then the other thing that I found really interesting, not good, but interesting, um, the char- uh, the actress that played Cha-Cha was like in horrible pain while they were shooting that because she was experiencing what turned out to be an ectopic pregnancy. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's why she's leaning against the cars the whole time. Uh, that's really that's, dangerous. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can die from that. Yeah. No, wow. That's... Sad. And that's why safe and legal abortion is important, folks. <laughs> Just the theme of Greece. That's true. That is the kind of the theme of Greece. 
Uh, more dirty dancing. Yes, no, but, for uh, sure. That's actually. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, can I can oh. I ask you guys a question? Yes. Um, have any of you seen Grease Two? No. no. <laughs> I haven't either. I was just curious. Well, somebody I was I was taught I told them that we were doing Grease, and he said that Grease Two is kind of amazing. Like, don't expect it to be good. Just like strap in and apparent like at some point there's Michelle Pfeiffer in leather pants straddling a ladder and grinding it and singing so hmm. you have that to look forward to i think they they're just like it it's like grease the next generation right they don't play like mm-hmm. the same yeah. people gotcha then have any of you guys seen xanadu what did you say you dropped sorry down? have any of you guys seen xanadu Yes, I know. Oh my God, Jordan, you need to see this. Uh, it feels like that's right up this it's podcast. It's a roller alley. skating movie. I don't movie. think so. Oh, you'd know if you saw it. I know. It's like the roller skating one. Uh huh. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Okay. We'll do that on a future episode of Wistful Thinking. Well, that's why I ask, because that's, that's like totally bonkers. a Wistful Thinking film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's it's yeah. It kind of feels like the evolution of Sandy a little bit. Not really, but I'm trying to <laughs> fuse that together. Maybe, like, after Sandy realizes that she's changed in this very specific way for Danny, and that's not necessarily who she is, maybe who she really is is a roller skating goddess. Maybe. Oh, I hope yeah. so. They definitely tried to recapture Grease magic in Xanadu. Like, mm-hmm. not obviously not the subject matter, but in terms of Olivia Newton-John and, and music and fun, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this was a huge hit when it came out, so it would make sense that they would try uh, repeatedly and fail to try and recapture the magic. One of the IMDb notes was said that before this, Olivia Newton-John's music was mostly like very wholesome and country, like the original Sandy, and that after mm-hmm. this, she sort of evolved more to endgame Sandy and was Interesting. more poppy and conforming and a little bit edgy at times got a little more physical yeah. <laughs> but it, it it's interesting too i mean i guess she you know wanted to i don't know if she wanted to capitalize on that or this just gave her the mm-hmm. opportunity to make the music she really wanted to make but i mean it made right. them both of them stars oh for sure well yeah, like we said uh travolta was already quite a star of his own right but and so was she, but just, like, in a different... Yeah, definitely, like, market. I know Travolta did three movies in this deal. That was It was a Saturday Night Fever, Grease, and what's that movie called? Urban Cowboy? And, like, mm-hmm. that, you know, like, that's his, that's his early career trifecta before yeah. he descends into, like, Look Who's Talking and stuff like that. <laughs> um, I forget what I was going to say next, but... The scene where they do "You're the one that I want." Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I love that one so much, uh, and I was watching them do it, and they're like going through this whole like amusement park thing or like carnival thing, and they're at one point they're uh, dancing and shimmying back and forth at each other while standing on the Shake Shack, which, like, 
also goes back and forth. And all I could think about was how hard that must have been to shoot. And, and she's wearing me, tall shoes. It made me think about Ginger Rogers, who had some quote that was something like of Fred and Ginger fame, who had a quote of something to the effect of like, uh, not only can women do everything that a man can do, but they can do it backwards and in heels. They shouldn't have to, but, you know. <laughs> but they were made to that. on screen many times. Right, 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 right. Did you read that thing about her pants? Oh, yeah. That the zipper broke and she had to be sewn into oh. them. And it was 106 degrees. Oh. I imagine yeah. that her getting them off is like that episode of Friends where Ross gets stuck <laughs> in the leather pants. <laughs> oh, no. And he makes a paste. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've still never worn leather pants to this day because of that episode. That is a real, like, fear. <laughs> I can't say I haven't worn, well, actually, I haven't worn true leather pants. I've worn pleather pants, but it was New Wave Night. They're a little, yeah, yeah and they have, like, a little more give to uh, them. Trust me, I could not fit in, like, regular leather pants, so <laughs> the pleather was very helpful for New Wave Night. But, yes, like, ugh, that, that, that friend scene scared me to death. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because, like, I have a lot of leg hair, and I think it's clear that David Schwimmer does too. And I just imagined that taste <laughs> getting in that leg hair, and I was like, "No, not not happening. No, sorry. I'm gonna wear pants with give." Yeah. Important lessons to be gleaned from uh, Greece and friends. Yeah. So we can wrap this half of it up. Um, with Jordan, did you have any time to think about turning this into a circus show? Oh, yeah. No, this one's rough, I feel, because it's already a stage show that has a lot of dancing, and it actually mm -hmm. works quite well that way. And mm -hmm. so then all you're really doing, unless you're really reworking the whole thing, is like throwing circus acts on top of that, right. which, you know, I would still watch. But I didn't think yeah. real hard about it. But you know what? I would watch. If people could circus and sing at the same time, that is very difficult. <laughs> oh, I, I can imagine. It'd be very hard. But it's a little like, um, I mean, they did like the Pippin revival. It was a musical that they just stuck a bunch of circus in. Oh my god, that's a thing that they did? Oh yeah, you have. it's pretty great. Pippin is my favorite musical of all time. Oh, okay. It's when they did so the revival good. like a few years ago, that's how they did it. Oh. oh, man. I'm really sad I missed that. It's, uh, it was touring. It's not touring anymore. Yeah. That's I feel like there's a lot of aerial things in Greece and a lot of potential for aerial stuff. Isn't there? Yeah. But I guess like, like... I don't I don't want it to just be like tacked on to something. Mm. I want I want the like the aerials or the then the circus to be like integral to like the set and the plot and the all of it. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. I don't feel like like the Breakfast Club is still the one that I feel like the strongest about. And it's so clear to me with those characters, like, what they're supposed to be doing in the circus show. Yeah. I don't feel that way about these people. So, uh, in that case, we're going to go to bed and put this episode of Wistful Thinking to bed. 
so Brian, if people wanted to find you or say part two of this episode that we'll record later, <laughs> where would they look? Well, if you want to hear part two, which you should, um, it's, you know, part twos are not as good as part ones, but we can promise you that it'll be at least equal. Sure. Yes. So, so we're going to make that promise here. Uh, but High School Slumber Party, you can find it on any place wherever you got this podcast you can find that one too maybe we can put each other's links in things and stuff just come back tomorrow we'll be refreshed we'll see greece with new eyes and we'll continue this discussion maybe focus on a lot of the high school angles and that whole rydell high vibe but uh if you want to just follow me i'm on twitter high school slumber party Facebook, Instagram, um, I think those are the only three, but if another social media gets popular. I'm not on Snapchat for High School Slumber Party, because I think that's kind of weird, but I've seen some podcasts are on Snapchat, but whatever. Um, yeah, you could you could find me there, but definitely listen to part two tomorrow, High School Slumber Party. And uh, you can find us places. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you can find Sorry. us on Instagram. Thank you, Jordan. Yep, at Wistful Pod. And uh, you can find us on Facebook. Yes, also at Wistful Pod. I don't Wistful know. Thinking. That's podcast. why I'm saying where we are, but not saying <laughs> what it is. Cool, cool, cool. But like, cool. like just Google it. You'll be fine. When you type it in, it comes up. You know. Sure. Yeah. And um, you can also find us and all the other wonderful. <laughs> podcast on the cage club podcast network at cageclub.me that's cageclub.me and we will talk to you next time on wistful thinking bye bye okay and i'm gonna stop recording and then we'll start recording again